Welcome to the Digital Workplace Deep Dive. I'm your host, Weston Morris. You know, the pandemic, the great resignation, difficulty in hiring and uh, retaining employees has caused many enterprises to think long and hard about employee experience. And uh, I tell you, companies that have been thinking about employee experience for a while, and there's some that have been doing it for decades, they already know something that other companies may just now be realizing, that there's a real link between employee experience and customer experience. And that's the focus of this episode of our Digital Workplace Deep Dive podcast. And to help me with this discussion, I am very happy to be able to talk with Greg Kilstrom. He is the author of seven books, speaker, and the host of the Agile World podcast with almost 180 episodes dealing with this topic, employee experience, uh, customer experience, and how uh, really both of them play an important role in our ongoing digital transformation. So welcome to the show, Greg. Oh, thanks so much. Looking forward to talking with you. Now, Greg, before our podcast today, I, I kind of gave you a tough homework assignment. I said, hey, can you go through your long list of interviewees and uh, select maybe four of them that we can talk about here today that you think, you know, where we're at today, where we're going with the hybrid office and, and things like that, thinking about employee experience, customer experience, who, who really has the best stories or the tips, lessons learned. So thank you for your preparation prior to this session here today. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, it's good to it's good to actually go back and listen to a few of them. I, yeah, I put out a couple of weeks, so it's uh, things things move pretty quickly. <laughs> I'd like to start with Augie Ray of, of Gartner. He just tells such a great story about when he used to work at USAA about customer experience. So when he first started, he talks about his first you know week on the job, like thirty two hours of customer experience uh, training. And I mean, it, to me, it really illustrates, you know, how you can do a great job of training employees to really have great customer experience. Can you relate that story? I've known USAA for a while and know of their great customer experience, which in itself is unique in, a, in the financial services industry. But hearing firsthand really how they, how they take care to, to train their employees and, and really build empathy was, was really compelling. And so, you know, one, one of the things that he shared was the first four days of, um, of your training and onboarding at USAA, you go in and you, you're taught to deal with things as if your customer service are really on the front lines of of working with these service members and their and their families, and so in order to do that, um, they give you a scenario. And so, you know, again, we're talking about things like life insurance and and critical things here. And while life insurance is always important, anything can happen to anyone, um, regardless of what they do. Put yourself in the in the place of um, someone in the army about to deploy to a very risky situation, you know, highly fraught with danger. And, you know, these, these service members may or may not come back. And, you know, so to really put that and, and make it real for these, these individuals, regardless of their role, you know, some of these people are marketing people, some of these people are IT, some, you know, they, they could play whatever role within the organization, but it's like, don't forget who you're serving and why you're serving. And, you know, just to hear him talk through that as well. And just the, you know, it, it's clear it made an impact not only on him, but, but the rest of their team. And I think that's so, um, it's so important. Um, USAA has a very unique audience and, 
and um, kind of approach to that. But I think any organization can kind of take that and apply it in their own way. Yeah, when he talked about how like on day three, an actual military officer came in and handed them all an envelope and said, here's who you are. You know, you're going to be deployed three days. Uh, do you do you have uh, two cars? Maybe you need to get rid of one. Uh, can you, uh, what is your life insurance? Have you, you have that in place? Does your wife even know where your passwords are for your financial things? I mean, those types of questions are just, they illustrate to me the, the how a great customer experience program really puts you in the seat of the customer. I think I remember him saying at the end, I mean, he got choked up, which I don't think I've ever seen a gardener person get choked up, but that was impressive to me by itself. He said that when they left, you know, they, they just wanted to end the program right there. Let's get out and start helping these cut these people. Right. Right. <laughs> the training. Let's get to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's, uh, being able to inspire that kind of motivation and, and just really empathy with the customer. I mean, I think that's that's what we should all be striving for. And I think you hit on a key word there, inspire. And and I think we'll come back to that theme a little bit at the end, because we're going to I'm going to ask you to talk about Augie uh, and, and his recommendations at the end of this podcast. But first, I'd like to go to maybe another uh, client example. So you spoke with uh, David Rodriguez of Marriott about uh, their experience. Now, what I thought was interesting about this interview was he actually did a little while ago. And he the examples he used were dealing with another big crisis, you know, the big financial crisis of 2008, 2009. Um, but I think you and I both agree the lessons learned there about customer experience in that pandemic or that, that crisis are applicable in, in our crisis here today. So, you know, what, what did he share with you about customer experience that you think that applies today? Yeah. So I think the, you know, David Rodriguez, uh, one of the interesting things about him, he's a PhD organizational psychologist. So just that, that take on, um, on his role as, as chief um, HR officer at, at Marriott, he's able to think not only from that that more, let's call it scientific and, and analytical perspective, but also from the people perspective, because he's also, he's worked, you know, in the front lines and, and stuff as well. And the hotel industry, it is a very, you know, you've got frontline workers. And if someone walking up to the front desk isn't happy, or if they call, you know, call the front desk from their room and they're not happy, like that is a very direct interaction there are there isn't a step in between or or anything so it's a very direct interaction between customers and employees and you know the one of the examples that he used was just the the thought process on taking care of employees regardless of what's going on in the world and so you know in that case 2008 2009 they knew you know travel was going to slow down i mean travel always slows whenever there's an economic downturn um they knew that they were going to have to, um, you know, tighten their belt, so to speak, but they put their employees first and you know what, their employees turned around and were, they kept being motivated. They kept putting the customers first, you know, you, you see that and, you know, you see that in demonstrated when, um, and I, I've known several Marriott employees over the years that rave about the company as well. And, you know, there's always good and bad anywhere, but they, they talk about how well the the organization takes care of their own people. And then, you know, the, then those employees take care of the customer. So that relationship is very direct and, and very tangible in, a, in, in an organization like that. I think it's interesting when you answered the question, you started with the employee experience side of things, and then you're, you're connecting it over to the, 
the, the customer experience. There's something else that I'd, I'd like to tease out a little bit because USAA, the example we talked about earlier, is a little different from Marriott. The, the big difference, not just the industry, but the scope, right? I mean, the customer experience for if I'm in a hotel in India uh, or if I'm a guest in um, uh, Switzerland or in Texas or you know different parts of the world, probably have to change a little bit. You have to take that into account. So did did uh, David share anything about at Marriott, how they can deploy a customer experience program that really is global, but it yet still takes into account, you know, the different aspects uh, that would be unique in each region? Yeah, that was one of my big questions for him, you know, because I think it is something um, really in in lots of different ways you can look at that. I mean, from customer experience, even from a brand perspective, it's like, what does the Marriott experience look like in one continent versus another when there is different types of access and, and different expectations and different cultural norms, um, as well as on the employee side, there's just different ways of working and different expectations about anything from vacations and holidays to just the number of hours worked in a day. And so, you know, I think the way that he put it was you need to put some very clear some clear things to aspire to out there about the brand, about the employee experience, about the customer experience. And then you have to empower your employees, your leaders to be able to interpret that and use common sense to be able to say, well, you know what? They may do that in Bethesda, Maryland, where their headquarters is, and it may work very, very well, but, you know, here in Mumbai, it's a little bit different. And, you know, and so again, the spirit of what's needed is um, is very much the same in, in both places, but the execution and and kudos again to them for that level of trust in their in their teams and their individuals and um, to be able to do some interpretation there. And I think these anecdotes are are very helpful for listeners to you know kind of imagine uh, their industry, their particular company, and how they might apply what they're hearing. I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the research as well because. You know, it's it's great to have a couple stories, but is there data that backs up this connection between EX and CX? And I think there is. You in episode 147, you interviewed Shep Hyken, and he referred to uh, comparing two different studies. That uh, first of all, of University of Michigan, they did a study on you know what are the best companies to do business with, and then marrying that with data from like Glassdoor, which, as we all know, talks about uh, the employee experience. Is very much focused on that, and and the thing that he revealed is is that those two lists, you know, the best companies to work for and the best companies to do business with, a lot of times is the same company. Now, uh, did he explain a little bit more about why that's true? I've done a bit of of work in this area as well, and you know, I th- I think the on on the surface of it, if you have employees that stay at an organization longer, you know, longer tenure, they learn more about the organization and, or, you know, if they're just simply more engaged, they're going to deliver a better quality of service. And, you know, that could be frontline employees, but it's, you know, from my perspective, everyone has a role in the delivery and, and quality of customer experience. And so, you know, um, and talking with Shep as well, it's, it's, when you think about even that person that's you know sitting in a basement somewhere writing code delivering a product to a customer i mean you know this is something you know in the in the technology world sometimes people feel a disconnect but 
think about if that person writing code does not understand the end customer and if they're not motivated to make that customer's life better, what kind of product are they going to deliver? They're going to deliver us some, they'll, they'll check the boxes. It'll technically do what it's supposed to do, but it's not going to go above and beyond to deliver. And so, you know, when you have these things like Glassdoor and, you know, and these, these customer ratings as well, I, it, it doesn't surprise me at all that those two things are correlated because again, highly motivated employees, whatever they do at the company, if they're serving that organization they they should be serving the customer as well. And I, that, I think, I think there should be more of a connection made and drawn in, in most organizations. Uh, you know, I think that's the conclusion we're trying to convey here that EX equals CX for sure. So if we're an organization, you know, really trying to think about CX, what kind of uh, research did Shep share with you about, you know, the process, the steps, the things that you need to include to get to a good customer experience? Yeah, in talking with Shep, uh, you know, he had he recommended some things that um, that organizations can do to uh, to to achieve this this great customer experience. So it it really goes down to creating that empathy. I mean, we talked a little bit about that with, with Augie Ray at, at Gartner, but mapping out the customer journey, really understanding what they're what they're going through, what systems and processes they're using at each of those steps. Asking the customers, um, you know, what what would make things better at key points, not just always at the very end of the process. We get those, you know, we all get those net promoter score surveys. They have their place, but trying to understand throughout the journey and, uh, you know, what what that experience is. I think that's, you know, th those are some some ways to really get started and, and start moving the needle. And I think that's one we often forget is, you know, you said actually asking the customer what they they think. I think it was Shep that commented on, um, you know, asking a couple different questions. Uh, what, if, if I'm being rated a seven out of a 10, uh, why am I a seven? What can I do to get to eight? You know, he's not saying, let's go all the way to the 10. If I'm a 10, what would totally blow you away? You know, what's the next thing? Yeah. You can't come up with that through, you know, measuring something indirectly. Just ask the question. Yeah. You know, speaking of, of measuring, you also talked to uh, Dushant Mitra. Now he's from Medallia and they <laughs> that's their focus, right, is, is measuring. Did he share any uh, tips or specific uh, ideas to help you with, you know, that aspect of things, measuring that gets you to CX? Yeah, I think the, the conversation with him was really interesting because his, his purview is, uh, you know, definitely Medallia has a great set of products and core offerings, but a lot of what he does is tying medallia products in with other existing infrastructure because you know no no organization is just doing things on a single channel or you know even a a single um, platform with a few different channels there's so many different components to cx and some of it's online some of it's offline all all of that stuff needs to get tied together and so you know his his big focus there is in tying all that stuff together. And, you know, sure, you know, Medallia is playing a big role in that, but it's fed by other systems and, and processes. So, you know, in doing that though, that actually broadens the scope, right? It's, again, it's not just pulling up a survey at the end of the, when you check out of your of your shopping cart, it's actually, it makes it, it makes it more complicated, but planning from the very beginning, you know, if you work backwards from, you know, what do we want to measure? What are the true KPIs of CX? Not what's necessarily easy to measure, but what is actually going to make a meaningful impact on, um, you know, on CX. And 
then figuring out, okay, well, how do we do that? Ultimately, it's going to be measuring across different platforms because you, you again, consumers aren't on a single platform, you know, all the way through most processes either. So, you know, how do we measure across that? How do we make sure again that our measurements are meaningful? So, you know, he used measure with a purpose, you know, mentioned that that term. And I, I think that's great because again, there's lots of things that are easy to measure, but um, you know, at the end of the day, we we kind of that's that's I think that's one of the downfalls with with the concept of you know big data and you know it was great that we were capturing all this stuff and but the stuff that kind of rose to the top sometimes was the easy stuff to see and and plot on a chart, not necessarily what was critical to business function and, and results. And so you know, measuring with purpose means that um, you know we're finding that 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 real relationship between customer experience and the bottom line. And, you know, that, that helps tie everything together. It also helps get stakeholders more, um, not only more involved, but um, more likely to invest further in more improvements and, and things like that. You know, as you described the need to look at all the data that you have, it, it, it makes me realize, you know, there's all kinds of data in, in multiple places. It's not like we have to come up with that necessarily. We've got a series coming up on on XLA TV called XLA Plus, XLA Plus SIAM, XLA Plus OCM, XLA Plus HR, and so on. And each of those organizations or projects has their own data. You know, might look at SIAM, right, as an example. Are we tapping into that? And the XLA is really about employee experience and leading up to customer experience. So how do we tie it all together? Yeah, that's uh, maybe maybe we'll get you to talk on XLA TV as well about this subject. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I'd like to come back to Augie Ray, uh, the, the Gartner guest that uh, you, you mentioned at the very beginning, who used to work at USAA and had that great story. One of the things that I remember in that interview with him, um, you, you actually brought it up, I think. You said that a lot of people are talking about customer experience as the new marketing. And Augie was like, oh, yeah, not a fan of that term. Um, in fact, he even kind of indicated that if that's how we're thinking about customer experience is just a twist on marketing, that it's probably going to fail, which was kind of uh, a shocking, shocking news there. So, so how does he recommend that we approach customer experience? Yeah, I thought I thought that was a great that was a great part of that conversation because I mean I come from a marketing background as well, and you know I I still read the you know the, the trade so to speak, and and there's a lot of marketing people talking about oh well now CX is my job. I mean this is something where organizations that are a little slow to to really truly adopting CX um, have kind of thrown. CX on CMOs plates, and they're trying to cobble together some, um, you know, some CX teams. But I, I think Augie Ray put put this um, well in when you when you kind of conflate these two things, nobody really wins, right? Including the customer. And so, you know, he defines customer experience as improving, you know, things like satisfaction, loyalty, customer advocacy basically getting customers to buy again and and be more loyal if marketing and and I'll lump sales into this as well if marketing and sales aren't in the business of generating new customers and um, new acquisitions and they're all they're all focused on satisfaction loyalty and advocacy then you've got marketing spread way too thin and trying to do way too much when really, Customer experience doesn't have anything to do unless new sales and new new opportunities are generated. So they both play vital functions. And again, conflating them just kind of 
it creates confusion not only within the organization, but I think I don't think it improves the customer experience. I will be the first to say, like I said earlier, that everyone in an organization has a role in customer experience, but that doesn't mean they need to be in charge of customer experience and and that there shouldn't be a focus and a specialization in it. I'd like to tease that out a little bit as well, because uh, people may be hearing a contradiction. Yes. We've said a couple times here that everybody has a role in, in customer experience. And yet uh, here, Augie is saying, okay, you can't just, you know, have that be a mix of HR and, you know, a couple of other organizations, marketing and whatnot. You, you kind of need a customer experience management, a central group, and they own this. So uh, what's the balance between having the central organization that's, I'll say, in charge of it, and, and this idea that really everybody is responsible for customer experience? Yeah, and, and admittedly, it you know it can kind of sometimes sound a little contradictory, but I mean I think the concept of being a customer-centric organization means that at the end of the day, you know people don't have their jobs unless customers are happy and and you know buy buy more often and and refer others to to buy as well, and so everyone can be aligned in being customer-centric. But I think you know what what Augie Ray was saying and what I agree with is while that is good. Uh, someone has to dictate, okay, well, what is customer experience in this organization? What do we want to achieve? What does What is that standard of, of customer centricity that we want to achieve? Like someone's got to own that. Someone's got to ultimately be responsible for that. Even though everyone plays a part, not everyone can own customer experience with an organization because they've got other jobs to fulfill so having that central ownership and management of, of what CX is, the quality, the, the metrics, all of that stuff, it really helps define it for the, it, it's, I mean, look at it in, in terms of really any other function. HR, I think is a, is a good example as well. There are HR issues that come up in every single department on, every, on any given day, but at the end of the day, it's up to the HR team to define what the policies are. Sometimes there's compliance issues, of, of course, as well that um, that other entities dictate. But it's their job to dictate what HR looks like within an organization. I, I would say the same thing applies to CX. Yeah, that that makes sense. I think that puts it in perspective. I think about thinking about like Marriott um, example as well. When you interviewed David, you know, he probably doesn't want. He wants somebody to have to be able to take the initiative and really empathize with a guest who's having a real problem, but he probably doesn't want him giving him, you know, six months of free stay or something ridiculous. You right. know, working right. within the policy and 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 yet being given the freedom. There's a real real balance there. Uh, uh, Greg, this has been really an interesting discussion here, and I know we could talk for a lot more. I mean, you've had almost 200 guests. You've written seven books on the subject, including. The Center of Experience, a blueprint for creating the experience-led enterprise. Uh, can you just, you know, maybe give us a starting point or, or, or a next step for moving towards, you know, great customer experience? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll give you two, actually. So uh, two quick ones. So first, uh, we need to be realistic about where our organization is in the scheme of things. And so, um, you know, a, a lot of you may be familiar with maturity scales, I use the same um, the same concept, and, and I, I give an example of a an assessment in my book, The Center of Experience. A, you know, pr a pretty simple one, but it looks at both customer and employee experience. If you're focused on CX, you could just do the um, the CX component. But the the important thing to know is 
not everybody is all the way, you know, towards the, towards the top of that maturity scale. Sometimes you just kind of have to start where you are and, and really with perhaps skeptical stakeholders and leaders in making too many investments and things, but knowing where you are and starting, you know, starting from a realistic basis is, is, a, is a great way to set yourself up for the most success. I would say this, the second thing that I would say along those lines is think about pilot projects, think about cross-team collaboration. My podcast is called The Agile World. I'm a huge component of agile practices. So find a way to start somewhere knowing that you're going to iterate, you're going to optimize, you're going to grow bigger, but You've got to start somewhere. If you overthink it, if you over-engineer it from the start, you're going to get six months into planning, never get it off the ground, and then find out that a stakeholder wasn't in favor of it in the first place. So, you know, you got to start start small. And again, for a Fortune 50 company, small looks very different than, you know, sub Fortune 1000 company. But everything, you know, kind of relatively speaking, like start small and, and build, prove your case, take those meaningful measurements and then go back and say, you know what, we achieved this, this really matters, This there's a direct line between this and the bottom line, we need more, whatever it is, resources, time, money, partners, whatever the case may be. Greg, I really like how you took the learnings from Agile, which I, you know, I think of as you know, programming and developing, and you've applied it here to this process of of developing customer experience, you know, it, if you think about it that way, it really makes it a lot, a lot easier. All of a sudden I'm thinking as I'm listening, oh, that doesn't sound so hard. We can, you know, start with something small. Let's get it going, Let's find the success and, and build on that. Love it. That's, that's great. Well, Greg, uh, where can people find some more information if they want to dig into more than we were able to talk about here in our podcast today? Yeah, absolutely. So two two things I'd recommend. So I'm very active on LinkedIn. So just search for Greg Kilstrom on, on LinkedIn, connect with me, mention you heard me on the show, I'd, I'd love to connect. Second thing on my website, um, you can go to theagile.world. You can, I have a blog, you can find more about my books, and, and you can also connect with the podcast. Well, that's great. We can uh, provide links to those in the show notes as well. Uh, and they're, they, they're easy to remember. <laughs> thank you, Greg. And, and I tell you, Greg, thank you so much for you know the prep work and also your time here today in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. It was great to talk with you. Looking forward to talking some more in the future. Yeah, look forward to finding a way to get you on XLA TV as well in the near future. Absolutely. So you've been listening to Greg Kilstrom. He's the author of seven books dealing with experience, uh, as you heard here, tying in Agile practices as well. And that's why he's the host of the Agile World with uh, almost 180 episodes dealing with employee experience, customer experience, how they tie together to deliver digital transformation. As I said, we'll post links to his podcast, his books, his website in the show notes, and also include a link to uh, the ebook that I've co-authored on the subject of From Help Me to Engage Productivity that I co-authored with Ian Fisher of ISG. There you can find more information on uh, some of the research, the background that goes into how is it that productivity ties in with this hybrid office. This is the Digital Workplace Deep Dive. I'm your host, Weston Morris. Thanks for listening.